is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man whose bash at the beach involves Lake Erie in front of me and a cooler full of white claw beside me, because there ain't no laws when you're on the claw. I am Troy, and with me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Hulk Hogan to my Ric Flair. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I don't know what to do with any of that. Just to let everybody know, I don't really like White Claw. They're disgusting. All right. You wouldn't have said it otherwise. Well, I was. I don't I was gonna. You. I was gonna say I probably lost a, a big white contingent right there by saying I don't like White Claw. Oh no! All the teenage girls and frat boys aren't gonna listen anymore. Darn. No, White Claw is gross. That's uh, what was was it the Lacroix that we were talking about? It tastes like they like dipped a cherry yeah. in it. it. Was like there, it's flavored. That crap sucks, dude. Yeah. And I drink nothing but flavored sparkling water. I do not touch that. Nah. Well, that's another one. Frat boys and teenage white girls. <laughs> Boom. LaCroix. Ugh. I don't know why, man. It sucks. There's not even one that's like accidentally good. Like, they all <laughs> suck. How dare you? But like I said, that's that's the official uh, what, a white person drink if you're uh, under the age of 30, I guess. Which neither one of us are, so I guess maybe that's why we hate it. I don't know. But either way. Today, ladies and gents, we are going for Bash of the Beach 1994. It is actually the very first time they used the title Bash of the Beach. So we're going for it all. Yeah. This show was interesting, I guess is the word. I, I don't know. On that uh, show. Can't say it enough. Right. It. It was a focal point, you know, um, kind of considering a lot of every turning. match throughout the night. They talked about it. Yeah, I'd say it's a focal point. Well, I mean, the event as a whole, like this, this kind of was, uh, well, in that match period. Was, yeah, you couldn't go a match on this card out here in Hogan and Flair. Of course. Yeah. Uh, at least they didn't interview everybody and was like, who do you think is going to win the main event tonight? I hated when they did that for WCW shows all throughout the card. Who do you think is going to win the main event? Uh, well, uh, let me tell you, I don't give a damn. Like, you get Dr. Death rambling about his pick. Yeah, right. I'm that, was, that was so cringy. Like, I freaking hated every time WCW did that crap. So at least they just, like, talked about it. I did think it was a little weird. The commentary teams will talk about it more, like, when we get into the show rundown. But they ran like Bobby the brain randomly like went to take a piss break and they replaced him with uh, Jesse Ventura for like two matches. So that was odd. Which I didn't even realize he was still there. Yeah, right. I thought he got fired already. Uh, Eric Bischoff said he fired him because he like passed out in the locker room one time before a show and they couldn't find him. So and he said it was like repeated behavior. So after a while, he was like, you all fired right. a man for being old. Isn't that against the law? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, my, he, well, his, uh, the, the reason he passed out might've been helped by, uh, you know, something he was, uh, ingesting, you know, well, I got to break it out already. Allegedly. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, but we'll get into all that. Uh, before we dive into the news, uh, I have a, a bit of news. I think you can figure out what the top story is going to be from this period in yeah, time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Well, before we get into all that, we're going to take a, uh, quick pause here to tell you about 
the uh, sponsor of the podcast that we're grateful to have. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. On the other side of this, we're going to dive into all the news and notes of the time. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the Main Event Marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg, on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks the main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts gimmick and politics free well, so do we here at the Main Event Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee. 
where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes here. Uh, you said you're yeah, already yeah. drinking. No, no, no. I saved it. Oh, okay. Oh, hell yeah. Five o'clock somewhere. Yep. I'm uh, I'm just drinking Moon Mist for anybody that, that buys their Fago at the Dollar Tree. What the hell is that? It's the Fago version of Mountain Dew. Moon, Moon Mist. Mist. Yep. Mist is a lemon-lime drink, isn't it? So... I was. Uh, they discontinued that. And now That's got right. Starry. Or that was Sierra Mist. That was it. Whatever. Yeah. They, they, I like how they're like, no more Sierra Mist. We're going to give you the exact same drink with a different name. Cool, I guess. Whatever. Uh, getting into uh, all the news that is fit to print, I suppose that cues us up for... That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> and we are going back to uh, Mr. Dave Meltzer a lot today, so probably right. Because uh, I, you know, I, I put in here not only the news, but if it, Dave likes to, um, uh, what, what's the word uh, where you kind of put in your own opinion? Editorialize. He likes to editorialize. Area of the mouth. That too. Well, Greg, he's got to fill in ten thousand words, man. Somehow. Like you and I talked about the other day, like if, when you don't read the book for the book report and you just start rambling. Yeah. It's like, so uh, wait a minute, I, your name and the name of the class doesn't count as part of the words. Yeah, right. Like, I believe this book sums up the thoughts that I am going to lay down here before you in the next few paragraphs, which are the thoughts of mine that come directly from this book here. <laughs> Boom, already filled up a paragraph. <laughs> But anyway, top story I'm sure you can all figure out. The trial continues for Vince McMahon against the U.S. government. Dr. George Sahorian was a surprise witness. Uncle Dave says that most of the spectators are slack-jawed yokel wrestling fans looking for autographs from Vince. Okay, your subscribers. I was about to say, I'm glad (laughs) glad you beat me to it. Uh, Hey, crap on your fan base, dude. Yeah, right. It's like you rely on the slack jawed yokel wrestling fans, man. Like, those are the only people that give a crap about you. Those are the people that buy your shirts from the baby gap where you shop. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, well, he's, you know, we talked about he's, he's, he's pretty swole, you know, and he buys his shirts in extra smedium. I've <laughs> <sighs> never uh, knocked that guy's fatigue. It's uh, just his, quote, uh, journalistic skills. Yep. Well, anyway, um, he said that uh, they would ooh and awe when the wrestlers would wander in and would get bored quickly at the proceedings, complaining that there weren't enough wrestlers there. What the hell did you think you were going to see? A match breaking down in the middle of the court? 
Well, yeah, they're like, that's a lie, brother. I challenge you to a courtroom smackdown. Let's get it on. And then the judge is like, he he doesn't have a bell. He just has a mallet and he smacks it. It's like, let's get it on. It's, we know there's precedent for this. We've literally seen um, kids, uh, uh, what's that word? Custody decided in a wrestling match. So. Yeah, right. No, the archives, by the way. Lockdown, <laughs> yeah, right. was it 2010, 11? 12? Uh, well, that one was, yeah, I don't know. There was a, uh, there was a, Custody decided in a in a cage yeah. match. Custody decided in a ladder match. So I mean, yeah, good grief. At least anyway. the kid in a ladder match though is now like one of the weird to say one of the bigger stars in the business though. <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy. Uh, well, thank God is you know his uh, his custody got decided in that ladder match, man. But anyway. Almost all the testimony is about the conspiracy charges, since the prosecution pretty much feels that they've covered everything on the distribution charges. The case is hinging on the conspiracy being about Titan Sports getting together with Zahorian to sell tickets, uh, but the prosecutors have made no attempt to actually educate the jury on the mechanics of the wrestling business. So at this point, the only conspiracy is a wrestling company dealing with a shady doctor. Worst you can say thus far is that lots of people in Titan knew what was going on and did nothing about it, but that's not a conspiracy. Yeah. So WWE is using steroids to sell tickets. The other guys are using hamburgers to sell tickets. Yeah, right. You know, I, I just, you'd think, like, obviously we talk about Jerry McDivitt is, you know, one and, uh, or like, he's, he's brought up a lot of cases and won a lot of cases and whatever. He's a great lawyer, whatever. But this is a country. The U.S. government can't get better lawyers. My good grief. I notice that a lot. Like when the U.S. hires attorneys, they're usually might, not bright. That might tell you that they knew they had nothing. Well, you see, I've, I've seen this with other cases, too. I'm not going to mention which ones, but it's like, like actual trained lawyers who knew what the hell they were doing would be watching the case and be like, yeah, the, the government's losing this one. So are you sure they got on nothing. that train part? Yeah, I. They didn't all go to Stanford Law, dude, <laughs> or Harvard Law. I had a, uh, I had a, uh, a lawyer as one of my college instructors, whatever, and he said uh, the people at his law firm would watch certain cases, and like you could tell almost instantly, it's like, yeah, they're not, they're not winning this one. It's like, why would the U.S. government hire these people? Like, they're not trained, or if they are trained, they're trained poorly. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, does Bill uh, Clinton cut the funding? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, our, it's our tax dollars spent well, man. There's some question about whether Big John Stud or Honky Tonk Man will actually appear on the stand since Honky Tonk Man is actually trying to get back with the company. And he would. Right. How many times did Honky Tonk Man like crap talk WWE and then he turned around and was like, oh, actually, I need a job. You know what? They're, they're awesome, man. I love this, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you better hire me back before I tell somebody you can't get your pecker hard. Wow. That's that's him, man. Every freaking time. And and yeah, you know, it, I mentioned it just reminds me that there's a story from Bischoff and Vince where they both have said, I could not wait to fire him. Different guys, but they both use this phrase and oh, he was Bischoff's, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, uh, wasn't uh wasn't the one from Vince, wasn't that Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I couldn't wait till he got to the back so I could be like, you're fired. 
get your multicolored crap and get the F out. <laughs> I, I just heard that from, uh, uh, I, I watched something with the undertaker the other day. Now that he's actually like talking and doing interviews and stuff where he said, he's like, you know, when I would go out in public, I'd have like a, my hoodie up, my, you know, pulled down with a bandana, sunglasses on trying to be inconspicuous. He's like, Ultimate Warrior would have his like airbrushed crap on, looking like a walking billboard for himself. And he's like, and then he'd get approached in the airports, be like, get the F away from me. And it's like, whoa, dude. Wow. Yeah. He's like, but give me your money anyways. Yeah, right. He's like, you better pay to see me at the show, but don't approach me in public. Uh, anyway, but the Eliminators are apparently getting a WWF tryout with Harvey Whippleman as a manager. <laughs> God damn. Random AF. Right? Can you imagine that? <laughs> Yikes. It goes from Birth yeah. of Faye to the Eliminators. <laughs> uh, I think it would be Eliminators to Birth of Faye, but I see your point. But, uh, well, yeah. Uh, but, like, I didn't even know they were a thing in 94. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, yeah. I, I says, uh, this is surprising to Uncle Dave, who says, quote, the one who isn't Perry Saturn is super green and not very good. I always thought Cronus was pretty good, actually, but I mean, I, of yeah, course, right. I didn't see him in '94. You could be right. Yeah. That, well, that's yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It's like I I can't say that he's wrong because it is '94, and to your point, I didn't know they were a thing. So by the time we actually did see them on TV, yeah, Cronus was Cronus was pretty good. It was one of the uh, they were the, that team was one of the standouts that you see. You know, one of these I couldn't crap on. Right. Uh, I I feel like if they wanted to stick together as a team. They could have went down in history as like, you know, a, a pretty fun, like not saying one of the best, but, you know, a pretty fun team that people remember, you know, they're one of ECW's best. I'll tell you that. Right. But Saturn's whole thing is he was like, oh, I, I want to break off and do my own thing, whatever. And it's like, eh, yeah. And where did that get you? Like, I okay, understand. But to be fair, that should be anybody's uh, path in wrestling. Right. But there are some people that need to be a little bit more realistic about it. Like, I mean, I think the rock and roll express realized it's like, yeah, we ain't breaking up. Like what the hell are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. They're not all like, there's not a Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels in every team. Uh, yeah, no, not quite, but yeah. It, well, and and to, to your point, most of the time when teams split up, one guy goes on to be a superstar. The other guy, <laughs> not so much. That's cool. That's kind of what I'm feeling. That's kind of what I'm fearing with the street profits. And like, man, Montez Ford looks, just looks like a star Poor Dawkins. It's like, it's going to be like, Hey guys, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the one that was a singles guy before uh, the other one came along. So I, yeah, I think he's. Uh, is he the one that was an actual wrestler? Uh, is he the only wrestler? Yeah. Montez yeah. Ford was in the army, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the guy was in the army or the actual wrestler. Which one of these is going to be the more popular one? <laughs> and together they make one Bobby Lashley. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and I mean that in size too. And it doesn't matter, by the way, because Montez's wife is going to be his biggest star than both of them will ever be. So there's that. Yeah, right. Well, the surprising, and I use that in air quotes, the surprising Undertaker versus Undertaker payoff for SummerSlam has already been spoiled by pizza boxes featuring ads for the match, even though TV hasn't yet progressed to the point where there's two Undertakers. Wow. Look, I'm blaming that on WWF. They sent out the promotional materials. So I remember watching. Do we do that sometimes in the archives? I feel like I watched. No, not, not yet. Oh, you know why I watched it? Because I've been binge watching from the start of Superstars. And then I fill in the gaps in the pay-per-views as well. So I, I did docket. watch it. Yeah. Right. It is on the docket for uh, August 2nd for anybody 
Well, mark your calendars, August 2nd. <laughs> but yeah. They beat the hell out of uh, Pizza Hut being the, uh, the, the sponsor. Them and Leslie Nielsen right. all over the show. <sighs> yeah, wasn't Naked Gun a big thing at this time? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I've never seen any of those movies. Uh, that's... I've never seen a single one either, honestly. Yeah, it's not my favorite kind of humor, but... I've never thought Leslie Nielsen was funny, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know. Deceased. I Same thing. I, I I liked him. I thought he was entertaining, but I was never like, oh, man, I can't, you know, I need to see this. Leslie Nielsen is in it. Like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for the longest time, I thought he was Steve Martin, honestly, when I was growing up. Holy crap. Who actually is funny, so. <laughs> right, yeah, now Steve Martin is somebody who I'm like, oh, he's in this. I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know, give it a shot, whatever. Yeah. That's why I watched uh, The Father of the Bride. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I watched that in the sequel because, well, it wasn't totally because of him, but it, he was he was the deciding factor. But it was like I was sick as hell one night. They had both of them on TV. I didn't feel oh, like changing you? the channel. Yeah, I was like laying there and I'm like, you know, I'll watch it. It's no plane, trains, automobiles, but it's good. Oh, well, hell yeah. That's an all timer. Yeah, I watched that. I, I try to watch it once a year, at least around Thanksgiving. So. But many people don't realize that's a Thanksgiving movie. Everyone goes right to Christmas because they see the snow, but it's really not. So, right, yeah, they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving. So, or Steve Martin is anyway. But WCW is in a panic over WCW Saturday Night dive bombing the week before Bash at the Beach and advance <laughs> and advanced pay per view buys not moving from previous levels. Man, that's, it, it's kind of funny you say that because they beat the hell out of the pay per view buys during the show. Which, looking back, like, how do you know already? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, they knew like advanced buys, but that's not all of them. You know, so I like when I was ordering papers, I never advanced bought them. I bought them like at that moment they came on. Right. Yeah, because anything can happen. Right. But uh, while this doesn't necessarily indicate uh, doom and gloom for the Hulk Hogan signing, it's not really great news either. On the bright side, the Orlando Arena is selling well. And will be the company's biggest live gate since Great American Bash 89. Not to mention that if the show bombs, Hogan will have to boost buy rates without celebrity help from now on. Since he's already called in all of his favors for this one. But if it does well, Hogan, yeah. should, have more, um, Hogan should have more leverage when trying to bring his friends in. Does he ever? Uh, but given the weak uh, TV numbers, signs are more pointing to disaster than success. Okay, but he stage. was never... He was never on Saturday night for the most part. Maybe once or twice. So that's how can he you was on. Well, he was on the that. home show. They they showed um, uh, they right. showed the they, footage of that. But they probably didn't advertise it. It's a problem. I yeah, I don't know. Saturday night. They never advertise anything. So just watch it this Saturday night. You'll see what you see. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they probably didn't freaking know half the time. But uh, didn't they like film like four of them at a time? Like you know TNA style. Um, uh, one, a documentary I watched, one of the old WCW ones, Bischoff said they sometimes did six or seven. Good God. Yeah. You know what that means? Because the show is like an hour long. That crowd had to sit there for like seven hours, man. So it just, the the crowd dies the longer but when the they goes. When they moved to the uh, uh, Disney, they said they were rotating fans every two shows or so. Yikes. <sighs> the rest that leads to burnout with the wrestlers too. Like, how do you stay hyped for that long? Oh, you're on hour one and hour five. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to the park. <laughs> yeah, right. Literally, but, what I would do. <laughs> yeah, right. 
that's about one uh, line to Space Mountain. So hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you're waiting in line for Ric Flair. Hell yeah. For both but shows, the, I mean, the ride and the show. Exactly. The WCW Hotline deal was a big success. Oh god. Basically, Basically, fans could call into the WCW hotline and vote for who would be in a match at the end of a live show, and they did 6,000 calls, grossing $12,000. Reportedly, the company was thrilled with this return on investment, although Uncle Dave notes that if they consider $12,000 in revenue for 45 minutes of live TV time to be a good return on investment, someone needs an economics lesson. Well, you'd be the authority on that, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, well, you know, when I think of economics majors i think dave Meltzer. well actually yeah well actually like shut the hell up dave or excuse me i have a sound clip yeah for that. shut the fuck up dave <laughs> there it is i want to point out that that idiot alvarez at least has matches under his belt Mm-hmm. <laughs> i've actually well, watched Crystal jungle boy at a local show here and you know so at least he's done knock him all you want for his stupid takes but you know, Dave Meltzer's never put on a pair of boots before, to my knowledge. I will say, uh, I saw something on Twitter the other day where I saw, like, the first two lines of his tweet, and then it said, subscribe uh, to see the rest of this tweet. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> like, what, never like, forget, what? Maybe you, you pay eight bucks for people to see the tweets. Someone said that yeah. to him. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Word has come down in WCW that they are to be no more. Uh, there are to be no more crazy, violent brawls, even on pay per view. Basically, everyone is paranoid about the government crackdowns on TV violence, and Ted Turner is too big of a public figure to ignore this. Man, can you imagine if they did that to Tony Khan? Oh man, that'd be half the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what, okay, what does uh, that have to do with the crackdowns? I assume it's the steroid thing. What does that have to do with that? No, it's a uh, on crackdown on TV violence. Oh, I, I thought we were just talking about. The, I heard crackdown about steroid thing. Yeah, no, this. Um, okay, I don't know. people having sex over on two and We can't see violence in wrestling. Got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had brought up. Uh, I I brought that up with something to, to my wife last night. I said because we were talking about that movie Blazing Saddles, and I was like, there is. Uh, you know, there's a, that scene where they're all sitting around the campfire eating beans and farting. And when, if you watch it on TV, they like edit that, like they they edit the sound out. So they're just like raising up and you don't hear anything. I'm like, yeah, edit that out because we can hear a million end bombs and whatever dropped in this movie and people getting called gay slurs. But we better not hear farting. All right. <laughs> like, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> oh, man effing stupid but uh yeah uh really like a crack a crackdown on tv violence in 94 like this is one of those like uh was there a was there you know is there a source of the reason why what was like uh, the catalyst i i'm not positive honestly yeah i'm not positive to be honest 1994 is the year of mortal combat by the way i believe like the first year maybe the second oh there's a lot of violence there is that was that it I remember. The, I think that was Joe Lieberman, right? Was that him? Maybe, uh, but I remember that the, for lack of a better term, like the satanic panic over Mortal Kombat back then, man. Because like I wasn't very old, but even I remember that. Like, 
my mom didn't really want me playing it. I, I was pretty young at the time, so I kind of get that. But like, Dude, my dad bought me in, so we got to play this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when I never ever went out and wanted to fight anyone or get in fights after playing no. this, despite what people would think or say. Oh, right. he just inspires one. Like I'm playing Grand Theft Auto right now. I don't want to go out and shoot people and do stuff and rob steal cars. Like, well, like they talk <sighs> about that with like Call of Duty. Like, how many people play Call of Duty and it's like I need to go out and shoot someone? Like, right. come on, man. Like, give me or, a break. I just saw this on the news. They said that the new Fast and Furious movie was going to inspire more sideshows, which is a huge thing in California right now. Like, yeah, that's what's going to do it. It's been going on for years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I saw something about it, like uh, these these movie reviewers that I listened to, like they were talking about it and they're like, I mean, they're like, I mean, if you're looking for some, you know, great piece of cinema, whatever, obviously you're not going to go right to these movies. But they're like, I mean, it's an, ap- an unapologetic, you know, action movie from like the 90s and early 2000s, whatever. They're like, it's just fun. They're like, and guess what? We get uh, gratuitous shots of butts and boobs and hot chicks and bikinis for no reason. Well, considering it's taking place in Brazil, yeah, or part of it takes place in Brazil, yeah. Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> yeah, they're like, how many movies do you get that in anymore? God like, it's bless just, that country. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're like, it's just a thing. They're like, you know, women have to, women and men have to be like super covered up now and whatever. You can't sexualize anything, but they're like, it's just a good flashback. You know, it's like, why are you just, you know, like long trailing shots of chicks and bikinis because we can okay right. like we, we know our audience but getting back to this so this is just one of those crackdowns from turner that like didn't last long if you think about by the time the nitro era rolls around next year brawls all over the place every damn show ends with a brawl yeah even before the nitro I era, was about to just piss on that rule <laughs> exactly well even before the end uh the the nitro era you think uncensored 95 there's no, I don't think of, that. Well, there's a bunch of brawls and crap going on. No, there. I don't want to think about that crap. Was that the one? With Thanks the a lot. Cons- was that the one no, now in the archives? By the way, was that the one with the uh, concession stand brawl? I I want to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the nasty so. boys in the Harlem Heat, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so that was the there, one. There you go. So uh, this couldn't have lasted very long. Maybe to the end of '94. Maybe because uncensored is like what the. First, second show of 95? I think second show. Uh, second show, I think, because Super Brawl is first. There wasn't a January show yet. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. I believe the yeah. first January show they have is sold out. Oh, okay. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Jim Crockett's long-awaited new promotion is already moving locations a week from launching with top names like... I am today's years old when I knew he had a new promotion. <laughs> right. Well, I also want to... I, I take issue with long-awaited new promotion... Who was waiting yeah. on this? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I can't wait till Jim Crockett starts up again. Don't forget, uh, Tony Khan has more money than him. So, right. Well, check this out. He's got top names like Tommy Rich. Somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> and the junkyard dog. Yeah, man. There's the there's the two man. When you're starting a company. Tommy Rich and Junkyard Dog, those will be our linchpins in well, 1994. I'm not knocking. Them. I want to point that out. I'm not knocking him as a whole, but 1994. Yep. Come on, man. We just covered, uh, what, what was the show we just did? Oh, uh, Bash 90. Yeah, he was out of shape then. And he was just the uh, the sidekick guy. Yeah, he was like the, the 
one of the four people on the team. Dudes with attitude. Right. My good lord. And in '94, this is worse than the UWF and the people they dragged in. I <laughs> uh, one's got to dig up corpses. Huh? I think. I guess that's the one thing you can't knock Tony Khan for. I don't think he's yet to dig up any corpses, at least, and put them in, in the ring. Right. Well, and then, I mean, I guess you could maybe argue Tully Blanchard, but that was like a one-time, like, one-off, whatever. Yeah, so. he really didn't do much either, so. Yeah. It was a, it was a six-man, I believe, so there's that, too. Right. Certainly didn't but, feature him. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you think, obviously, Tommy Rich went to ECW after this, whatever, but. Say it one more time. Tommy Wildfire Rich. <laughs> Tommy say something about Fired Up. Here's my pizza. Uh, and I say that because they put him in like a, a comedy role in ECW. In like, a group that he's not even ethnically part of. I don't I like, think so. I mean, I, if you're, if he that, is, I apologize, but I just, I don't look at him and think Italian. Sorry. Yeah. I just, I, it's not often I see a fishy white blue eyed Italian, but you know, <laughs> yeah, hates, I could be uh, wrong. Who hates pasta by the way. Oh God! It need be slapped <laughs> for that. Might be killed. Might yeah, be right. With the fishes. How you doing? Swear on my mother's grave. She ain't even dead yet. <laughs> Gotta rest but, her soul. You know when she's dead. Right. But they uh, they do want to use the NWA name and have an NWA champion reportedly to be Shane Douglas, but they might not oh, be able to get him. How's that gonna work? Yeah. Right. Uh, something tells me he's going to tell all the former champions to kiss his ass. How can you be called the, like to this day with the Corgan one? How are you the NWA considering what the A stands for? Right. Uh, <laughs> that was the only thing. Uh, Ole Anderson went on this like unhinged like rant, whatever about Ric Flair Stop being it. the NWA champion. I know, right? Uh, when but the only thing I will agree with him about is. Uh, they're like, well, do you think Ric Flair made a good NWA champion or whatever? And there's something to that effect. And he was like, oh, God, he was like, what does that stand for? He's like, what does the NWA stand for? National Wrestling Alliance. He's like, what alliance? Who is there? He's like, that title means nothing. <laughs> like, I guess when you totally put it wrong. in context, it's not wrong, but. Right. Like I just said, I mean, Tyrus is the uh, champion of what alliance? The one show that Cor- or the one company that Corgan owns. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, dude, just, I get it that it's like a legacy name, whatever, but really, what alliance is there? You don't, you're, you're not in a partnership with anybody. Nobody's under the NWA banner. I don't know. Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins are. No, well, thank God. Thank God for, for Billy Corgan. You suck, by the way. Sorry if I offend anybody. <laughs> I don't share that opinion with Greg, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I never no. liked him. I like a few of theirs. I mean, I can't sit there and like put in an album and just go, but there are a couple of their songs that I really like. They had but one on it, the Batman and Robin soundtrack that was pretty decent. I'll say that. Yeah, the the only one there were there are a couple of songs. I don't know most of the names of their songs, but you know, it's like it's one of them where it's like if I hear it, I'll know it. Yeah, what's the name's got a very distinctive voice, so Yeah, right. Uh Billy Corgan, yeah. Yeah, I don't like blank <laughs> on his damn name. <laughs> Also, I, I tweeted because somebody tweeted about them and tweeted at him or whatever. And I, I replied and I was like, you know what? I will say it's a pretty baller move that he locked down at Billy for his uh, for his uh, Twitter account. I'm like he must have got in there quick. 
Kind of like Sting, the wrestler beat out Sting, the musician for just Sting, Sting on Twitter. <laughs> How do you get that? <laughs> it was pretty funny that uh, that Sting, the wrestler, owns that trademark, and he actually leases it out to the musician. It's like, I figured it would be the other way around. That's hilarious. Like, like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I also found out that for some reason, there was uh, that song, I'll Be Missing You, by... Puff Daddy and whoever else, they never locked down the rights to that, so Sting did because, you know, they just used um, I'll Be Watching You and so they they actually own zero rights to that song. Every time that song is played, Sting gets 100% of the royalties. I just found that out. I'm like, damn. Yeah, right? It's like, man, he must have got pissed off about the whole wrestler thing <laughs> and it was like, he was just like sitting there waiting. Can't believe get Puff mine. Daddy can't believe Puff Daddy was that stupid, though. I, I always thought he was a, a better businessman than that. Either way. Well, it's just to die. He became an idiot, though. Yeah. Let's go to Japan. Uh, in Japan, there are rumors already springing up that, that Antonio Inoki's final match will be against Hulk Hogan at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th. How many stars do you think it's going to get? <laughs> well... Because Hulk Hogan's in the match, I don't know if it's going to get seven stars. You know, they, they, Uncle Dave might bring it down to a, to a poultry five, but. <laughs> and a half, because there's a Japanese guy in it. Right. Well, it's, uh, it's the chin versus the mustache. I don't Other... think this ever happens, by the way. I, I know when Hogan goes over there, it was before this, actually. He took on the great. Well, movie. yeah. I'll just say, if there is an Anoki retirement match, he comes out of retirement for the uh, North Korea show, clearly. Yeah, was that? Oh, yeah, that was when Hogan was there. Because I remember uh, Eric Bischoff saying he he uh, asked Hogan about it, and Hogan was like, don't think I'm going to make that one, brother. <laughs> Which is perfect. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not like... Yeah, um, you want about the man, but I think he made the right choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you find out what the hell happened to Scott Norton and stuff, yeah. But, well, that was... Uh, yeah, I would take one of those little f- and throw him through a window. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, it's not like um, when, uh, you know, going over to Saudi Arabia, at least you can be like, ah, I'm getting a really good paycheck out of it. Also, I'm going to I'm going to say in Saudi Arabia, they probably don't take you around on a bus tour and tell you how much your your country sucks and how their grand and leader forced is. you to go pay respects to a guy who was never your leader. You know who the hell right. he was and that your country actively hates, by the way. <sighs> Man, that was uh, something. Pancrase had a show on July 6th featuring a surprise upset when an unknown kickboxer named Boss Rutan knocked out Minaro Suzuki with a knee strike in only three minutes. Although Boss had been destroying everyone in kickboxing, Suzuki was considered out of his league. Boss Rutan is uh, one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time. So it's kind of right. funny to hear upset with Boss Rutan. <laughs> right. Minaro Suzuki out of Boss Rutan's league? <laughs> Not quite. I like how it's like he's just some unknown. Well, you know, some guy named Boss Rutan. You know, that guy. Oh, man, that's funny. I guess someone starts uh, somewhere. Yeah, right. In Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Jim Cornette is losing his mind due to the chaos at the moment. No! Yeah, that could be any time. <laughs> but first up, Jake Roberts disappeared, and he had to switch the title to Dirty White Boy early. Well, he I had to. I heard him talk about this like, recently on the show. Yeah. 
Well, he said what was funny was he said you call him up. He wouldn't answer his phone. You get his answering machine. For those that don't know, if you're too young, before there were cell phones, there were, you had a, a machine that would take messages in your house. Yeah, and it would be on a little tape. You might not even yeah, know what right. the hell that is. You have, to, you have to rewind it. Like, you can't just hit play and it plays the message. You've got to rewind it and then play it. But anyway, uh, he said his answering machine this? message. The work of the devil? <laughs> he said uh, his answering machine message was like him him talking, and then in the background, you hear comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. And he's yeah, like, that, so that was actually... fitting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, and then Cornette tried to bring in Conan Chris Walker, whoever the fuck that is, <laughs> as, as hold a replacement. On, hold on, I gotta, I gotta look this up. C or K? Uh, it's a C. Who are all these fucking people? But he tried to bring him in as a replacement feud, but he no-showed as well. Ah, well, you're getting big-dogged by Conan Chris Walker. Right. Glenn Cone. Yeah. Any, any relation to or free Jet Cone? <laughs> I don't know. Chris Walker. When I hear Walker in uh, wrestling, all I think of is he, hard work and Bobby Walker. He looks like if Kenny Omega would have taken a lot of steroids. <laughs> So, you talking like, uh, if Kenny Omega ish? If Kenny Omega <laughs> and uh, Brian Pillman had a kid, good grief! So you know he looks like a presentable wrestler. I'll say that. Well, there you go. Well, that's probably why he went by the name Conan. But finally, Scott Armstrong got a full time job in All Japan as the Masked Falcon. So the whole, <laughs> so the, the whole poor fe- family. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the whole feud where the Armstrong boys were going to turn heel on Bob is out the window. Good God. All of them? It's like bro. four boys. They're going to be with their father, bro. Yeah, bro, it's going to be a four-on-one. They're going to beat down the old man, bro. He's going to be gone forever. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because there's what? Steve. Uh, Brad. Brad, Scott, and, and Brian. Brian. Yeah. So four of them. It's just. Bro. That Brian one may end up being something good. We'll see. Yeah, somewhere along the line. I, I have a feeling he's going to get hooked up with that double J fella. Might end up being the better, the best of all the Armstrongs. Maybe. Yeah, the, definitely the best on the mic and the most famous. <laughs> There's an argument to be had that Brad was the best wrestler out of all of them. But he had oh, like... He watches old stuff. Yeah, there's no argument there. Right. But he had no personality and they couldn't figure out what the F to do with him. Like, man, if he could have had, like, a mouth. What were we just talking about Wheeler Yuta? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just put him with a mouthpiece, man. Like, they kept slapping stupid-ass gimmicks on him, and none of them worked. He was Arachnaman, right? Yeah, Arachnaman, yeah. Fantasia. I don't know why that's the one that sticks out to me. Fantasia slash Brad. <laughs> yeah, right. Fantasia slash Bad Street. They had to change the name because, obviously, Disney came a-calling. Um, and then... Man, you don't mess with the mouse, dude. They'll take your soul. Right. Uh, the no, god dang... You mess with the plumber, and Nintendo takes your soul. You mess with the mouse, they take your, your heart. Yeah. He was a god dang candy man at one point. Oh, good grief, yeah. The, he was buzzkill. And not the yeah. cool, uh, black horror film victim, or villain. No, not that candy man. <laughs> yeah, right. Not even the, uh, not even the one with, um... Uh, that uh, the guy from Key and Peele made, yeah, <laughs> which I, I haven't heard. I haven't watched that one yet, but everybody says it's like, if you like the original, you're, you're not going to like this. Just don't even bother. 
Like, oh, okay, the original, I, I still think is a classic. Oh, yeah. Tony, like T- Tony Todd is his name? I can't remember. I he, think that's he, it. He's, he's going to be Venom, I believe. The Venom voice in the game, I believe, but which nice, I think fits yeah. perfectly. Yeah, he's yeah, got he an epic was, voice. He was great as Candyman. Scared the hell out of me, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Scared the hell out of a lot of people back uh, then. I guess that's that was the job, right? Yep. On July 9th in Johnson City, Jake Roberts was supposed to be... Or was supposedly ready to oh, return. Yeah, but he no-showed again, and they held a fan vote, <laughs> and pretty much... <laughs> And pretty much everyone on <laughs> they held a fan vote of pretty much everyone on the show to see who would get the main event spot against Dirty White Boy. They didn't do anything to sway the vote, and Chris Candido got the biggest reaction and had a hot cage match with Dirty White Boy. I want to just speak. I want to clarify something. Dirty White Boy. That's the uh, Teal. That's Teal Hopper, right? Yes. Oh, good lord! So this Skip one... versus Teal Hopper. Yes. Okay. God. Just had to set the marquee for people. <laughs> so apparently, because I had never watched him as Dirty White Boy, I just saw him as T.L. Hopper, and Jim Cornette was saying, he's like... I would say I'm sorry, but I'm right there with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, Jim Cornette was saying, he's like, well, I hadn't seen him for a while. I guess he left Smoky Mountain for a little while before he went to WWE. He's like, I hadn't seen him for quite a while when he popped up in WWF. He's like, he put on a lot of weight, and his hairline really receded <laughs> so he's like yeah he did not look like when i booked him oh, as a dirty white boy so he became white <laughs> right <laughs> oh man speaking of him i was driving home the other day and i i turned the corner this and can't was, be good well some family was having like a cookout <laughs> in the front yard and some some guy was like bent over like uh dealing with a kid whatever oh god he was wearing basketball shorts no underwear <laughs> half his ass hanging out I'm like, just say no, man. Just oh, say sorry. no. I'm sorry. Whenever I hear you say, hey, speaking of Teal Hopper, I was driving home. That's not <laughs> a good lead in. By the way, <laughs> I do not live in like a redneck area, whatever, but I have seen more toilets in out in people's yards. I'm like, what the? F- why? I Didn't you and I both have like a, a toilet pickoff? Like you sent me one. I sent you one. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> why yeah, is I've seen so a few, thing? man. I don't Welcome know, to man. America, folks. Okay. Yep. Uh, Land of the toilet in your yard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen people that have, like, turned them into planters. I'm like, yeah, because nothing shouts classy like a toilet planter. Yeah, you get, like, a small one for, like, the desk or something. You know, ha-ha, it's funny, but not a real one. (laughs) Right. (sighs) Man. Anyway. Meanwhile, the Gangsters debuted on Smoky Mountain TV uh, doing a racial black angle. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, you want to talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum, the stories we just talked about. Man. Right? <laughs> they went, quote, about as far as they could with it, and then went further, according to Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave was notes this, that the react... Was this when what? they hung the... It Was this when they hung or noosed the white baby doll? Uh, that was one of them. I don't know if this was the exact time when they debuted, but, yeah, That was something. But Uncle Dave notes that the reaction had ranged from one extreme to the other, and they needed a police escort out of town after the tapings. The belief is that Jim Cornette is going to give them a huge push to piss off the his, quote, borderline KKK-like audience, end quote. Yikes. Wow. Wow, man. I mean, I don't know. This is, 90, this is 94, by the way, in the South. I can't say he's wrong. Uh, I lived 
in Arkansas for two years when I was a kid. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I am too. I lived in Arkansas for about two years for uh, like 96 and 98. I lived in California, by the way. That's telling you something. Yeah. And even in the late 90s, like it wasn't like horrible. Like there weren't like, you know, rallies going on all over the place. But, you know, it was uh, it was like going into a time warp. Like the first time I ever heard the N word, hard R, was Arkansas. I, I'd never heard that word before in my life. Didn't know what the hell it meant because people I in my life don't use that word. So there you go. But tying this back into the gangsters. Yeah. Even Jim Cornette, he was like, yeah, he's like they were getting heat, but it wasn't a good kind of heat. Like, uh, yeah, when they're having to have police escorts so that they don't get <laughs> murdered. Yeah. You're not like MJF or Dominic Mysterio. He got it. And I'm not excusing this whatsoever because one was words and one is actual violence. But uh, some of the crap that they were saying in their promos, like, holy God, dude, like just you don't have yeah. to go that far with it. Like you brought up the baby, the white baby doll on a noose. But do you remember after the O.J. Simpson trial, every New Jack promo, he, he had to give a shout out to his boy, O.J. Simpson. Ordering that white girl. <laughs> I tell you, he gave him a shout out and then basically told him when he thinks he's guilty. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that. It's not funny, but who says that to my boy? OJ? <laughs> well, Vince Russo at WrestleMania 11, apparently <laughs> at WrestleMania 11 or 12. Yeah. WrestleMania 12, apparently uh, wanted to book a match, a match between OJ Simpson and the father of his dead wife. Right. Because, you know, that would that'd be awesome. And he's like, you oh, it's an anything goes man. You want to use like the top thing in the entire world on the show. But in that way, no. Yeah. When it involves uh, murder like that, like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, there's got to be well, a well, line somewhere. The You're only like, people on this, the only people that know if he's guilty or not is him and God. So I'm not saying I have an opinion. I'm just saying we, no one knows. Well, and that's when I, you know, I, I argue with you with the uh, where you say, well, you know, morals don't pay your bills. Like, yeah, but it's like that might have drawn some money, but it's like it's that's disgusting. Like, maybe don't do that. <sighs> well, luckily, it's all an afterthought. Yeah. Well, as instead, it we, through, so. instead, we got gold dust in lingerie. So that, that was the payoff. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, those words <laughs> that are misspoken. <laughs> right. Uh, final story I got here. This one. This. I'm sure this drew the house. Bobby Blaze, who had taken over as Kendo the Samurai from Tim Horner, is Bobby gone for Blaze. the... That sounds like a Matt Riddle name. <laughs> yeah. Someone will uh, get it. He took over as Kendo the Samurai from Tim Horner, but he's gone from the promotion now. So they're using a third guy. Because, you know, got to keep the Kendo the Samurai gimmick going. Who are all these fucking people? So, uh, you know what I say? A lot of stuff Blaze? going on there, huh? Right. Well, you know what I say about Bobby Blaze and Tim Horner? They never drew a dime. <laughs> I never knew you heard their damn names. <laughs> I only know Tim Horner because uh, Jim Cornette went on multiple rants about him and how he uh, allegedly stole money from, from the company. And, and started a horrible coffee chain up in Canada. How dare you? I like Tim Hortons. Oh, it's so, Hortons. That's right. Okay. Yeah, right. I fumbled that one. Timmy Hortons. I really thought it was Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like their coffee, honestly. I just didn't. They Keep in mind, I'm a coffee snob, so. The worst thing I hate about them is that they reminded me of Justin Bieber because I forgot Justin Bieber's Canadian, and they literally had a uh, a donut special 
thing called the Beebs, where it was like Justin Bieber's favorite donuts, whatever. I'm like, I, I'm sure he totally eats donuts. He looks like the kind. <laughs> well, he's usually in like amazing shape, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I look at him and I, I think thought donut eater. Like- Call him an idiot. Uh, of course, he, I, I couldn't tell where you were going with that. Sorry. Yeah. <sighs> well, anyway, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to get into the event? Um, you know, it wasn't that bad. So I kind of am. All right. It wasn't well, that great either. Either way, we're getting into it, whether you like it or not. So we're going to take our next break here and we'll be diving into it. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's WCW Bash at the Beach 1994 took place July 17th, 1994. The tagline this, uh, goes more into your one match show. Uh, the tagline was Hulk's WCW debut. <laughs> And some other stuff. <laughs> right. It's like, and, and other people are on the card. Anyway, the attendance was 14,000 with a buy rate of 1.02, which amounted to 225,000 buys. And this was at the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. So I got a new one for you. All right. I usually don't like to say this much, but let's go to Florida. <laughs> but um, anyway. It's miserable there. I've been there. How dare you? I actually like Florida. It's just miserable and hot. There's nothing to do. Uh, depends on where you go. I mean, if you're like by the beach or uh, by the theme parks or something like that. Like, that's actually if I, I I got all that here, dude. So what else you got? The uh, well, there's also not stepping over street crap out there. So there's I don't know. I like Florida. So uh, when I went to Orlando, I had a great time. We go to Tony Schiavone, Mean Gene Okerlund, and Bobby the Brain Heenan at commentary for a while. We then go to someone named Darren Norwood. 
to sing the U.S. national anthem, and the crowd goes nuts. You notice Eric Bischoff was like, oh, when I took over, I wanted to get us away from, like, the, the southern wrestling redneck, whatever. And then every time they had a musical act, it was some country singers. Yep. Like, yeah. Cause Didn't one was, of them, they have Aaron Nipple, so. Uh, yeah, I think that was, uh, I don't remember what event that was at, but, yeah. This, uh, this guy, I don't know who the hell Darren Norwood is. I guess I could look him up, but I just didn't care that much. I just don't care. You're right. And after this, we go back to commentary for quite a while. And now we get our first match of the evening. Uh, it is Lord Steven Regal with Sir William. He's defending the WCW World Television title against Johnny B. Bad. Like it goes just over ten and a half minutes. He's a bad man. Oh, yeah. And damn, he's pretty. But the crowd is actually super hot for Johnny uh, with this, which, I mean, who could blame him? As you I'm sorry, I stepped on you there. What? So as usual, they were always hot for him. Yeah, I know, right? People didn't act like nobody gave a crap about him. It's like, really? Go back and watch. Like, people liked him. He was entertaining. But in the end, Regal reverses a sunset flip into a jackknife cover for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this two and a half stars. It was average. What say you? I really enjoyed it. I gave it three. Well, these guys are really good. I felt the match was okay. Not great, but eh, I don't know. Uh, but after the match, though, Johnny B. Bad punches Sir William and then stomps on his hat. Oh, man. How dare he destroy that bowler cap, man? I was pretty mad that he did that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wonder if they stocked up on those things from the Halloween store every October. <laughs> but, yeah, either way. Uh, in the ring, main Gene Okerlund is standing by with Antonio Inoki, Masa Saito, and some blonde woman. Gene presents Inoki. Looking with, all the way live. Yeah. Gene presents Inoki with a plaque, and the woman hands Inoki a bouquet of roses. Lord Steven Regal then comes back down to to object, saying that he's a better wrestler and a bigger star than Antonio Inoki. He threatens Inoki, saying I might give that, him the wrestler part. Right. <laughs> saying that... Oh, come uh, on, dude. Be a star. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, like, man. Uh, he, it's like he's second only to Jesus over in uh, Japan, dude. Like, chill out. Well, third behind Jesus and Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. But he threatens Inoki, saying that it's good that he's retired. Anoki comes after Regal, and Regal instantly retreats. We now go to commentary again, where Bobby the Brain Heenan has been replaced with Jesse the Body Ventura. He replaced a brain for a body. How about that? But uh, that leads us into this match. It is Big yeah. Van Vader with Harley Race taking on the Guardian Angel, who <laughs> is the big boss man, if anybody doesn't know. I want to say, I think you said this is going to be the first Guardian Angel match you ever watched. Is it you? Uh, yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him in this gimmick before. Like, there I knew he go. did it. Isn't his next transformation just into Big Bubba? Uh, it'll be the boss, or, uh, no, he's already been the boss, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be Big to... Bubba. But, yeah, within I... Big Bubba, there's a couple different Big Bubbas within there. Yeah. There's the one where he's just like, like Chicago gangster, and then kind of looks like a biker. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, he goes to the Big Bubba Rogers first with a classic outfit that he wore his first WCW run, uh, even though he's too small for it now. And then he goes from that to, like you said, the biker, and he joins the uh, 
what the hell? The Dungeon, Dungeon of, of Doom. Doom. How did yeah. you forget that name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know why we do this. You just disrespected one of the greatest things in history. Me, right? Kevin, Kevin Nash said they had to compete hard with that 1985 because they were on fire. Well, that's why he came <laughs> over. That's why I said, like, him and Scott Hall came over because they, they couldn't beat it. So they decided to join him instead. <laughs> we had to do something to do with that Dungeon of Doom angle, which was on fire. <laughs> he mocks that. But he made the jump, so he can talk crap all he wants. Yeah, but the moment he made the jump, they were gone. Yeah, well, so yeah, it, they were like, ah, you know, we we completed our mission. Hulkamania is dead, brother. It's true, they did end Hulkamania in that horrible match at Uncensored well, '96. Actually, I was going to say they weren't gone. Remember, they were still running even into the NWO. Yeah, they were, but it was it was like a job yeah, just, Not that it was ever anything bigger, but. Just well, then they just kind of fizzled of out. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know if they ever actually died or if they just kind of fizzled out. And they were like, maybe they people just will forget. On. Everyone, everyone just went on to do so- something else. Like Sullivan went on to be the uh, just a few of Benoit. Yeah. I'm not going to list them all. There's too many, but yeah. <laughs> Conan said, "I don't give a crap anymore." Even though Conan he, said he Conan remembered he was Mexican. <laughs> yeah, and when he became uh, uh, Cholo Conan. God. But anyway, this goes for about eight minutes. Outside of the ring, Guardian Angel socks Harley Race at one point. The referee gets bumped later on, and Harley passes Vader a riot stick. Uh, Guardian Angel gets it from him, and the ref sees it in his hand, disqualifying him instantly. Yeah, because that's been a thing in wrestling. Like, I didn't see you use it, but, you know, I'm going to assume you used it because you got it in your hand, so therefore, disqualified. Right. What do you meanwhile, not get about that? Meanwhile, he sees evidence outside the ring of like uh, managers hitting others. And it's like there, there could be no denying it. But the manager put his hands up and said, well, it wasn't me. And he walked away. Therefore, oh. couldn't have been him. <laughs> well, he gave him his word. Yeah, right. Uh, well, Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I gave it two below average. What say you? I gave it one. This sucked. There was a little bit of excitement to this one. I think the crowd was like, hey, look, it's the big boss man in a weird outfit. And then, uh, you know, Vader was was a star by this point in WCW. This was just kind of a whatever match, but he'd be feuding with Hogan again here soon. So, you know, whatever. Vader runs up behind Guardian Angel uh, after the match and clotheslines him before leaving. And now we see a flash from uh, backstage. You know what's funny? I wrote down here, like, you ever noticed for a big man? Vader's clotheslines were weak as hell. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if he was trying to, like, uh, pace himself or what, but... Because it's like, he could have laid into people, man, and he just, he kind of, like, held up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. No, a lot. I don't I don't think he wanted to stand Hanson him. But either way, we see real quick backstage, Chris Cruz and Mike Tanay with a full head of hair. are standing a in a... Hair? Right. <laughs> Uh, that's a couple of marks for you, man. They're standing in the hallway trying to get Terry Funk to talk to them for the WCW hotline. Terry wanted no part of this. Well, he was on the phone with somebody because his ho- rumor has his horse was sick. Yeah, <laughs> he was trying to get out of this match. But now we're shown footage from an intergender tag team match that was on the pre-show. Who knew these people who gave a crap about this? Who knows? <laughs> who are all these fucking people? <laughs> good god 
Well, the one tag team were, were two women I've never heard of. Nobody's ever heard of. The other one was two dudes named the Fancy Boys or some crap. Yes, boy! And this Sorry. is... Wrong. Wrong. This is a deep cut here for anybody that, that knows, but they looked like the rock and roll RPMs from the from AWA. I don't know like who those guys are. That, that's, uh, they were <laughs> like their version of the Rock and Roll Express, and nobody gave a damn. So... <laughs> Did they already have that called the Midnight Rockers? Uh, well, that was no, that was the good ripoff. <laughs> Rock and roll RPMs were like, oh, these middle-aged white boys from the South. Okay, isn't it? That's literally just the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, at least people gave a crap about the Rock and Roll Express. But God, anyway, yeah, they showed us this, and it was like, why? But now we go to this match. Speaking of why. Well, you know why, Greg? Fuck you, that's why. It is Terry Funk and Bunk House Buck. Hell yeah. With Colonel Robert Parker and Mang in their corner. They're taking on Dustin Rhodes and Arn Anderson. Goes 11 minutes, 15 seconds. Uh, Greg, I may tell you something in this match about Arn Anderson that's, that's, that's going to swerve you. It's going to shock you. You'll have never seen it coming. All right, so just, just I hope you're sitting down. I am. Right. Okay. Well, Dustin works basically the whole match. Once Arn is tagged in, he instantly turns on Dustin and DDTs his ass. But no! Not Arn <laughs> never ever happened. He's never turned on anybody in his life. Not that I quick either. How dare he? But this allows Funk to pin him for the win. Uncle Dave actually gave this damn thing three stars. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it two. It was okay. But man, freaking Ray Charles could have seen that one coming, man. And he's dead. Not right here. Yeah, yeah, not here. But I'm talking Ray Charles today could have seen that one coming. That was just yikes, man. I, I like how they act like this is a big swerve. Oh my gosh, how could he? Like, I, I don't know. Have you followed his damn career? Like, give me a break. I like how announcers nowadays are more like, yeah, we, we saw it coming. Like, there yeah. was this thing on NXT as recording this last week where, um, I don't know if you saw that guy, his name was Scripps. He ended up being that guy, Reggie, that was Carmella's yeah. blind guy. Okay. Anyways, they unmasked him on there, and Vic Joseph was like, it's, it's Reggie. I can't believe it. And Booker's like, we're really going to sit and pretend we didn't know this Reggie the whole time, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, thank God someone said it. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> the way he give... said that, I mean, we're really going to pretend this, we didn't know this Reggie the whole time. <laughs> Dude, Booker gives no Fs nowadays. Uh, I know, somebody, right? somebody caught him uh, ordering DoorDash the other week. <laughs> wow. Did you see that? And he like addressed it online. He's like, yeah, man, I wanted to make sure my food was hot and ready for me when, when we stopped recording. <laughs> no, like, but I Cardona does that too. He, uh, DoorDash mid, during the show? Yeah, mid-show, because his, I don't know if you heard of his cat, his cat got out and he set up a thing to get the cat back. He ended up getting it back, but he has like cameras on his porch that are, that are activated by animals. And uh, some DoorDash dropped it off. And he saw a raccoon eating his food on his do- on his doorstep. Oh, oh man, <laughs> like, this is life, pal. <laughs> yeah, what the crap? Like that's uh, that's not good. 
But anyway. Uh, What's so wrong about using DoorDash? I feel like. Oh, it's just the fact that he's like commentating while ordering DoorDash. People are like, dude, really? Like, he didn't give a damn about whatever match was going on. He's just sitting there ordering food. It was just kind of funny. But after the match, Buck and Funk hold Dustin down and Arn Real names. Repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly drops <laughs> knees on Dustin's forearm. Buck and Funk. <laughs> Why is that making me laugh so much? By the way, it sounds like a curse word. Yeah, right. <laughs> By the way, what the hell was with Arn Anderson always wanting to break somebody's arm or hand or some crap? Like, good God. I don't know, man. but nowadays he wants to shoot him, apparently. Yeah, right. Like, bro, calm down. You're, you're from Georgia, so I'm assuming that, you know, that's how you roll. But <laughs> like, come on. Catch me beyond his lawn. <laughs> yeah, right. But either way, uh, Colonel Robert Parker and Mang hold the referee back while this all happens. Finally, Greg Gagne, Doug Dillinger, and referees all hit the ring to break things up. And as we all know, Greg, nobody f***s with Doug Dillinger. Nope. I mean, he's so that. badass, even Mike Awesome hired him to protect him. Exactly. Mike Awesome is a large man. No one's going to mess with that dude. Exactly. <laughs> we need. We seriously need to review that that Nitro where uh, Eric Bischoff gives Hulk Hogan a custom bike. Because I, I just want to see if they edit that off or if you can actually audibly hear it. Where uh, Doug Dillinger drives the wrong bike down to the ring, turns it around, drives back up the ramp and yells, I brought the wrong damn bike! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did you ever see that episode of Impractical Jokers? One of the ones where they were in the in the store, and then some actor comes in, throws water in their face. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you ever see that one where the actor threw the water at the actual guy working at the store? <laughs> I think so. And they were yeah. like, "Oh, wrong guy, yeah. wrong guy. like wrong guy." And the and the actor's looking at him. Ah, he's like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> That's <laughs> he reminded me of that. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, anyway, Mean Gene waits for the heels on the stage. Arn says to join them at the party backstage because they're apparently celebrating this now. Yeah, we got one over on. We got one over on nobody. Yeah. On Dustin, who's apparently an idiot. Yeah, right. He's right up there with Sting for most gullible. Yep. But anyway. (sighs) Always involved with a horseman, by the way. People just you really figured out you can't trust these dudes yet? Yes, yeah, especially like Arn and Rick. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> but Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan now interview Hank Aaron at ringside. He was apparently a big WCW fan because he was always there. And by the, way, the greatest they've ever lived. Tony, Tony Schiavone. Screw the San Francisco at, Giants. I'm going to get a talk Schiavone, to for that one. <laughs> God. Tony Schiavone must be at full mass right now, by the way. Like, he's at least half chub right now. Like, he's talking to Hank freaking Aaron. And as you and I both know, Tony Giovanni's a huge mark for baseball. Yep. But Hank is naturally I think Hank played on the Braves at one point, too, didn't he? That would explain why he's always there at OCW. I know he's on the Giants, but I think he was also a Brave. Hold on. I've never heard Hank Aaron talk before, but... Braves, Brewers. I thought he was a Giant. Well, look who messed up. There you go. What am I thinking of? How how fine though? <laughs> in my defense, if they're not in my notes and I'm playing a game, I, my mind's wandering. I'm all over high rule right now. Wow. Well, uh, Hank Aaron, I I like I said, I've never heard any of like him his interviews. I never heard him talk before. Really, he's naturally charismatic here. And I am thinking of Willie Mays. Feet. I think. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
I love Bobby Heenan saying that Hank Aaron was a so-so hitter. Yeah, yeah uh, I think he only had a lifetime average of like 300 or so. Very yeah, right. decent. Right. 700 home runs plus decent. <laughs> they, then, uh, they then pimped the next fall brawl pay-per-view. We now go backstage with mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Ric Flair and sensuous Sherry. Uh, Flair is happy at, that uh, Arn Anderson got to, you know, screw somebody over, and he puts over all the celebrities that are going to be here tonight to see him take on Hulk Hogan. I think they're just there yeah, to see were. Hulk, but yeah. Uh, Sherry puts over that Hogan has something to prove tonight, coming in as a challenger against Ric Flair. The way she put that made sense. I like, I get it, but up next, it is our first title match, or no, our second title match of the evening. I think, She's, I think she's been in more things with Hogan than any other manager other than Heenan, probably. Yeah, most likely. But this is stunning Steve Austin defending the United States heavyweight title against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in about 20 minutes. Couple of losers. <laughs> uh, after a great match, Austin gets a small package pin, grabbing the ropes for leverage, and wins. Uncle Dave gave this three and three-quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. I gave it four. I thought this was fantastic. It was a great match. Austin was in rare form here. Uh, Steamboat's always great. It's really weird to see him like wrestling, not brawling. Really weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of punches and kicks here, but there was a lot of suplexes, moves on the rope, and different stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. But definitely a big contrast to what would happen in about two years, yeah. <laughs> I'd say. It's kind of weird like looking at the buildup to this and how much Hogan means and what Austin's going to go do. It's insane. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, like, uh, I would I, I would argue Hogan here was not what Austin would be what Austin would become. Yep. That is correct. But back on the WCW hotline, Chris Cruz is interviewing Pretty Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, why are they keep not, using Roma? Who did he have pictures on? Anyone ever asked that question? I have pictures of Bishop doing something naughty, huh? Or uh <laughs> Whoever the hell, um, like Ole Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, somebody. They had, he had compromising photos of Ted Turner. <laughs> Want to be a horseman or are they getting out? Yeah, I was going to say, well, he, I was going to say he couldn't have had compromising photos of his wife because those are everywhere. Not, I'm not talking like sexual either, but just like if anybody knows Jane Fonda, she's been arrested more times than I have fingers. All right. So, but uh, I'm going to blame it with, with Paul Roma. I'm going to blame it on the God dang it. Look at him factor. Like, but did WCW and have that have that attitude? I'm going to say they did a little bit. I mean, they kept Tom Zank around, and you and I pointed out he didn't suck. But it's not like he was like ever going to draw the house. Yeah, he wasn't Ric Flair or Hogan. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have any personality whatsoever. I don't know. And he called himself the Z Man. Like, ugh. I was like, I heard. I, his, uh, I mean, I can see your point, ugh, but I mean, it's. It's something. It pops out more than Tom Zink, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I was like, come up with something better. Like, yuck. Isn't, isn't the Z-Man, though, like Zorro? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, well, that's like, uh, I heard these people roasting, uh, like, Adam Sandler was getting some kind of award, whatever, and, like, all of his friends got up there and, like, roasted him, and uh, David Spade was like, nobody that's uh, 56 years old should be calling themselves the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you but, might want to shut up, dude. He's your bread and butter now. Uh oh, for our uh our clips of the week. 
No, I'm talking about Spade. Oh. I mean, what do you really do without him now? And I yeah, like right. Don't get me wrong. It's not a knock, but it's true. I like... Uh, I. I, I can't remember who he said, if it was like a parent or somebody of his, his passed away. And he's like, you know, I was really down in the dumps and uh, nobody really called me because they didn't really know what to say, you know? And, uh, and he's like, but Sailor called me and he's like, you know, and he, he, he sat me down. He's, he's like, depression. And he's like, and that's really what I needed to hear at the time. You know, that helped me get through it. Wow. <laughs> like, good God. <laughs> I see anyway. hear people tell stories about Robin Williams like that. Yeah, I, uh, well, that, at that same event, Ben Stiller was like, uh, my own kids love him. He's, and my, and uh, he, he keeps asking, Daddy, when are you going to do a movie with Adam Sandler? He's hilarious. It's like, so obviously my kid likes him better than me. Oh, and you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he was like, and, uh, you know, and I'm going to ask right now while I got you cornered in a room full of uh, hundreds of people, uh, you know, maybe you could do a movie with me sometime. Make my kid happy. <laughs> Make my bank account happy. Yeah, right. Don't forget when he's strong armed for grownups too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd rather see that than the actual grownups too. I think Sandler and uh, Stiller could be hilarious together. But either way, we now go back to a celebration party for Colonel Robert Parker's stud stable and some beautiful women. They're celebrating like they won like some huge match or whatever. Like, what did they actually do? I don't, I don't even know on, what the purpose of this was. Yeah, they got one over on. Dustin Rhodes. Ooh, yeah. Now they're going to... That's like losing a football game and celebrating the touchdown you scored within that game. <laughs> well, it's like um, uh, you you went defeated all... Like, you never won a game all season. Then you finally win your final game of the season. You're like, yeah, <laughs> we won one. <laughs> We're still going home and nobody gives a crap, but we won one. Yay? Unless that one happened to knock the other team out of playoff contention. I No. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But Mean Gene Okerlund comes in to interview them. Funkhouse Buck, Terry Funk, and uh, Robert Parker all speak before we get to Arn Anderson. Anderson says... I was says so happy because I wanted to hear them all speak. Yeah, right. Well, Anderson says that he got beat half to death for principles that he didn't even care about, so he's taking the money instead. While he's talking, Funk and Buck keep pouring champagne all over his head and it's getting into his eyes. Like, good God. You know, I feel like people don't realize, like, that's going to happen when you pour alcohol or anything on someone's head. Yeah. Why do you think they all wear uh, like goggles and crap when they do it in like yeah, the right. NBA and stuff? Like, it looks dumb, but it's very practical. But now we go to my least favorite match of the night, bar none. It is <laughs> you are not Jack. being sarcastic. No, this match sucked a high hard one. But it is Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan with Dave Sullivan defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Pretty Wonderful. The team of Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma goes 20 minutes, 10 seconds. 20 minutes too long. Way too effing long. That was my only note on this. This is still going. Dude, Paul Roma was in 100 teams. Nobody gave it. Never drew a dime. Yeah, excuse me, but... Those guys never drew a dime. <laughs> Pretty wonderful, power and glory. Young stallions. Uh, young stallions. If you want to just count the horsemen, I don't know if you would, but yeah, that, I was going to throw that one out there. Yeah, suck. But anyway, uh, so Dave Sullivan, Evad Sullivan, whatever the hell you want to call him, 
Uh, he's wearing a Hulk Hogan yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, making fun of people with dyslexia. Love that. Oh, yeah, right. But Evad is wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt under his robe, which looks like a hooded bathrobe. I literally wrote on here, it looks like you just came from the shower. <laughs> yeah, right. He threw on his Hulk Hogan shirt, his robe, and was like, all right, let's go. I saw something that... Uh, How, okay, I'm going to go back to the way beginning or the news portion of this. They got in trouble for vi- extra violence on DV, but right. they can mock handicapped people? Well, yeah. That's how it goes, okay. Greg. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, well, now you know the line. I, I guess I didn't realize that at first. Okay. Yeah. I saw this, this thing the other day that was like, uh, I got fired for wearing my underwear into the office the other day. You know, when Randy Orton does it, he's a superstar. When I do it, I'm a creep. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this match is beyond boring. The crowd didn't give a damn. I think they even chanted boring at one point. Who the hell booked this to go over 20 minutes? Well, I know who. It was probably Kevin Sullivan, his damn self. But in the end, the referee. Fully, okay, but not 20 minutes worth. I think he, like, if it was him and, like, other people, fine. But you and I talked Or Triple H. Well, you no, and I somebody... talked about, well, even somebody halfway decent, he was good. I will argue Paul Orndorff still was pretty good at this point. Paul Roma sucked. Kevin Sullivan sucked. You can only do so much with that much dead weight, man. Like when fully, when, when Cactus Jack came in, it was about the only part of the match that I gave a crap about. And that is like, I'm reaching. I'm not okay? going to lie, dude. At like the 12 minute mark, I think I fast forward a little bit of this. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched the whole thing. <sighs> Oh, how dare you? You missed I was plastic. like getting bored, man. Yeah, uh, getting <sighs> and I mean, talk, we haven't seen want... anything this slow up until this point. Right. You Even the bad matches come... were entertaining, but... You want to talk about a come-down match, man. This is, <laughs> this is it. Definition. But in the end... This is from, like, heaven to the ground coming down. The referee somehow doesn't see Cactus Jack's legs under the bottom rope being held down by Paul Roma. While Paul Orndorff pins Jack to win the titles, who the hell are the heels here? Uncle Dave gave this a half did star. You, did I already send you that note? <laughs> Which one? I said, who are the heels? Oh, yeah. No, I I don't know. I don't know who here. Because I, 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 it could be either. could be either one. Maybe they're all heels. I, I don't freaking know. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. What do you think I gave this? Blue ass, man. Telling you I started fast-forwarding through it. should give it away. And I don't like doing that when we record these shows, because we're supposed to give a full opinion, but I couldn't watch any more of this. The only time I fast-forward <sighs> usually is if there's like a long-ass submission hold, or if there's a like a double-down or something like that. But other than that, I watch it through. But yeah, I, I was like... Double-down sound like a match they should have had at the AEW show last night, or Saturday. <laughs> right. Yeah, they uh, they got double or nothing. Then they then they should have uh well and then they have all out and all in and I don't know what their obs- I don't know what their obsession is with casino themed stuff. Like I right, guess got- is they launched in Vegas, so they're gonna re- continue to remind you of that. Yeah, but it's like if you have one pay per view, all right, but like you have multiple pay per views that are ca- casino themed. It's kind of lame at this point. But either way, before the main event, Michael Buffer introduces WCW president Nick Bockwinkle and Shaquille O'Neal. 
Shaq was on the Magic at this point, right? Yes, he was. And he was the hottest thing in all basketball, not named Michael Jordan. Yeah, right. Yeah, so this this was at a time, no wonder Orlando was hot as hell for him. This was supposed to be the guy that was finally going to bring them their ring. Yeah. Spoiler, he never did. Right. No, he went to another team on literally on the opposite side of the country and uh, got rings out there. But, you know, not without a certain black Mamba. I think they're still ringless, too, to this day. Yeah, I believe so. Or should I say that is correct? (laughs) We're going to take our final or excuse me, second to last break. (laughs) And when we come back, it's the main event. The only match anybody gave a damn about on this card. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room? For we right? shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, hey, ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It is main event time. Ric Flair with Sensuous Sherry defends the WCW World Heavyweight title against Hulk Hogan with Shaquille O'Neal, Mr. Everybody, and Jimmy Hart. Yes. This goes just shy of 22 minutes. Newsflash, by the way, Hulk Hogan is super over right here. A tad. Yeah. I'm like, like babies went like, flying. Why does, the, why does the baby face have three people in his corner? <laughs> Cody Rhodes yeah. saw this. He, yeah, right. I feel like Cody Rhodes ripped off a few people. Like I and I'm going to make it bigger. Like all right. At least he doesn't still have the the nightmare family and his whole entourage with him every damn match. It's just him. Thank still God. got the most power of anybody. Oh yeah. He's got to he's got to make up for the fact that he's going to job out in the end. But either way, Hogan has Flair pinned at one point. And Sherry pulls the ref out of the ring before knocking out Jimmy Hart. That's hilarious. She then dives on top of Hogan for Flair locks in the figure four and the ref slides uh, back know, in. And I'm like, I'm sure that splash hurt. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hurt one of them. But she chokes Hogan with her stocking at one point. Later, Sherry tries to get involved again, and Hogan takes out both her and Flair. Mr. T ends up carrying her off to the back. To the back! Copping a field, by the way. Yeah. 
uh, well, my mama ain't watching this, so I can so I can cop a feel. You got some hand in there, you saw. I did not notice. <laughs> but uh, this is just as Flair punches Hogan with a foreign object, or excuse me, an international object that doesn't keep <laughs> that does not keep him down for three. Hogan then hulks up, hits the punches, big boot and leg drop. That's all she wrote. Say goodnight, Gracie. As uh, Hogan gets the three count and wins the WCW title, Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I give it an even three. What say you? I gave it three as well. Did you happen to notice that Nick was in there as like a little kid? Uh, they focus on him a couple times. Oh, uh, no, I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> he was in the front row and the other guy who was on Thunder in Paradise was holding him. Uh, I saw the, the guy from Thunder in Paradise. I didn't recognize his kid, though. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, and uh, Linda's right next to him, too. I saw Linda. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, there you go. I like how they were still getting Thunder of Paradise over as like, yeah, this show matters. Trust us. Yeah, I think it's about to be canceled. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I don't think it lasted much longer after this. But last lasted yeah. long enough to get Sting on there, so. Yeah. <laughs> but tons of pyro light off. And the crowd goes bananas. You know, they didn't see this coming or anything. Shaq and Mr. T hop into the ring to celebrate with a Hulkster. The celebration goes on for quite a while until he heads to the back. Bobby Heenan looks like his wife better hide the firearms and knives before he gets home. (laughs) And sounds like it. Yeah, right. He is pissed. (laughs) Yeah, he he ain't happy. And backstage... Hulk Hogan was greeted by Jim Duggan, and they're all smiles. He keeps walking through the halls, talking smack, heading for where Mean Gene Oakland is standing. Mean Gene speaks with Hulk Hogan as we get the typical Hulkster promo as Hulkamania about Hulkamania running wild and all that. The weirdest thing about this is that he said he had George Foreman on his Hulkaphone to give him beat-by-beat instructions tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> That's the one guy in the world he didn't have next to him. Right. Yeah. Mean Gene drops the name Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Full name. Well, it's his government name, name, so I think you can use that. Well, yeah, not right. full because he left off a word, but. <laughs> exactly. But I was like, damn, right there on pay-per-view, just dropping it like it's hot, man. Uh, Hogan keeps mentioning George Foreman, who I might add is not there tonight. We then, we then go to commentary to close the show, and Brain is so pissed off that he storms off set. Ah, oh, man. I, I don't get that, by the way. He said he had George Foreman on the Hulkaphone to give him beat-by-beat instructions tonight. Like, so are you trying to convince us that you, you would occasionally slide out of the ring to, to grab a phone and talk to George Foreman? Because he didn't, I didn't specify. see him throw many boxing-style punches in this either, so. Right. Uh, Wait, what good is George uh, Foreman going to do in this match? You know what I think, Hulk, is you should hit him with a leg drop. Like, that's a good idea, brother. You know, when I hear him say he was talking to Foreman on the phone, I think everything he just said was BS. <laughs> everything that guy just said is bullshit. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, that takes us to the end of this show. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to get into final ratings time up after this and tell you what's coming up on the podcast in the future. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back and we're back final ratings time here i feel like these are tough but fair internet movie database gives it 6.2 out of 10 cagematch.net gives it 6.59 out of 10 i give it a 7 out of 10 i'm being generous maybe a c minus what say you I went C minus as well. Yeah, I it mean, would have been real... an F probably if the last match didn't happen. <laughs> the The opener was okay. The U.S. title match was good, and uh, the the main event was good. But US other than that, right, it was probably the best match in the whole card. Right. Yeah, uh, Vader and Guardian Angel was bleh. the te- the two tag matches were crap. So there was only six matches on this card. By the way, I got to point that out. This was kind of a... No, no, no. There were only two matches on this card. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah, this was um, something. I don't know. It, it, I, I was shocked. I was like, wow, there's only six matches. Usually there's at least eight. But they drag these ones out. And... Well, you know, they had to take one off because they had to give the tag title match 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well, you know, because everybody wants to see Sullivan out there for 20 effing minutes. Hells yeah, man. That wraps up this show. Next week, man, it is double main event week, and we're bringing you two scoops of crap. <laughs> Look, our, our I think the, the podcast will be fun. Like I've said a million times, you know, the crap shows are usually our most entertaining. We have the most fun with them. This uh, next week, though, we're bringing you WWF in your house to it is the Lumberjacks. Yeah, there's a couple of things on here that we're seeing. Yeah, so looking into that, uh, there's the Intercontinental title match, I think, was the thing to see on this show. It wasn't all bad. I like watching that. back Diesel as the WWE champion. It reminds me of when I liked him when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, uh, I have a Jax figure of Diesel. I have multiple details of him. That is uh, June, or excuse me, July 19th. And the bonus show coming up on July 21st. It is WCW at Nitro from July 18th, 2000. Whenever uh, you say Nitro from 2000, it's, it's just money. Right, yeah. This was, I think, right after uh, Bash of the Beach. So Hogan is gonzo from the company at this point. Russo is going to be there. I'm sure the news will month. reflect that, too. So. 
yeah, I'm sure we'll have some interesting stories to cover here. We'll have fun with that. But then we're wrapping up the month with one final Bash at the Beach. July 26th, it is Bash at the Beach 1998. How is that one? It's okay. Better than this? Way better than this. Okay, well, there you go. I like 1998, but I will say they were kind of hit and miss with the pay-per-views. I gotta be honest. This is another one-match show, but there's a couple things on here worth seeing. I feel like WWF and WCW were kind of hit and miss in 98. I love that year, but they're like looking back at their pay-per-views ever since we I started the show. Say, I, was gonna say, I think when you say you love that year, you mean you love their TV. For the most part, yeah. It was just it was a fun year all the way around, but not every pay-per-view was a banger. So, to, you know, there was that. But every WWF pay-per-view in 1998 did have a banger. Is it a banger? Right. Match. And, uh, right. Yeah, like, as you know, in any pay-per-view in 98, there's at least one match on there. You're like, oh, I love that match. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was kind of that way with uh, when you and I talked about we loved year 2007 in TNA. Like, we liked a lot of their TVs. There were certain matches from pay-per-views that we loved. But when we covered every pay-per-view from 2007, they weren't all classics. Uh, in fact, a lot of them sucked. But they weren't all first-round picks. That is uh, that is for sure. Or in other words, that is correct. <laughs> well, that's wrapping up the month. Uh, and that wraps up this here show. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we are coming at you next week. We hope to see you for Double Main Event Week. It's WWF In Your House Dose and WCW Nitro from July 18th, 2000. Mm-hmm.